welcome to Talking Talkie, and you're about to listen to, uh, I suppose, 30 to 45 minutes of three men talking about signings we know very little about for, for the majority of us. Um, with me today, it's everyone's favourite Marcus, it's Marcus Arscott. Good evening, thank you, very low bar, but thank you. And his holiness himself, uh, Joseph Pope from Off The Line Blog. Hi there, thanks for having me on again. No, thanks for joining us. Um, and so today, obviously, uh, we've we've had some news at Talk United in recent weeks, something we haven't had over the summer. Um, uh, various new signings coming on. So uh, today we're going to be talking about the, the different new signings we've got at Talk United. A little look ahead at, at what else uh, Gary Johnson might be looking for in the transfer market and a bit about what we, what we think uh, might still be missing in the squad, which there are still a few gaps, I think it's fair to say. Um, and then just a brief look ahead at, at the pre-season schedule. Um, so uh, for anyone who was in a uh, in a ditch on Thursday night, um, Talk United announced uh, five new signings. Uh, Ryan Hansen, uh, Dylan Crow, Kieran Evans, Aaron Jarvis and Brett McGavin. Um, so first of all, before we kind of go into each one, I guess, um, Marcus, what was your kind of a, a, a feeling after kind of seeing those kind of five names come out, come out the hat a little bit? Well, first of all, I want to talk about the format. Of the, the way that they release the signings because it is quite an unusual thing you know clubs usually drip feed their signings over the summer as as and when they're done um in the last at least two years i think maybe three they've decided to not announce any signings for a month everyone has a month off and then one night we get bang 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 you know and i quite like it personally i think it's you know i, I can properly i don't mind switching off from football for the summer and then you know having all my news at once but i've seen a lot of criticism for it and i'm not really sure why. Do you two have any strong feelings on the format of doing that? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, I couldn't care less how they announced it, as long as we get some signings of quality. Um, I mean, I suppose, I think he kind of announced them in the way he did because people were starting to get a little bit, you know, I say disappointed. I think the majority realised that he's got to take time and find the players he wants, but... The way he, he put it across, I think people were tr starting to get a little bit anxious and a bit, you know, frustrated. Um, hence, he put all of them together to make it look like, you know, we've done loads of business, um, which obviously is a good start. I mean, it's probably a good idea to get us interested for the, the pre-season games and sell a few more season tickets. But as I say, I'm not, I don't really have a feeling either way. Um, yeah, that's that's fair enough. And, and what about Joe? Uh, we'll just start. We'll, we'll kick it off in almost the order they did it on the on the website. So Ryan Hansen is the is the first name on the list, the central midfielder uh, who's joined from from Dover. And I, I think I'm right in saying he's a player we've paid a an undisclosed fee for, um, which has got to be the first time since. I, uh, if someone could help me out, uh, come on, Joe. Uh, immediately, Billy, I go back to Bowden, but Billy Bowden, yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Ryan Hansen, 21-year-old uh, central midfielder, uh, coming from Dover, um, and he'd um, previously been on Palace's books and Hulls. Um, but uh, what do we what do we think of that one as the as the first kind of one through the door? Um, a good one. Um, I think it's easy when you look at the signing on paper. You think well, he's just come from Dover. You know, you see how dreadful they were last season. You think, well, you know, that's not a very good signing. But I think if you listen to what all the fans say about him um, he is a very very good player and it's just the fact he was in a very poor side it looks like he wasn't very good I mean he was come for a very very good academy at Hull they have a very good track record of bringing through young players um, and so although it's it's easy to do from highlights the highlights themselves look very good I mean he wins the ball very well but not only does he win the ball he actually then looks like he can pick a pass as well so I thought I thought his highlights reel was one of the um, more unusual one, and that you're right. It looked like a good highlights reel, but it's a hard one to pitch when a lot of what he was doing was uh, disrupting play and, and laying it off. Uh, so a tricky one, perhaps to capture in a two-minute uh, smash the ball YouTube sting. Um, but yeah, it, it seems like that kind of mold. And I think what people were saying, I, I don't know if Mark wants to weigh on with this, is that I think the hope is that he might be a, a younger kind of ace of hall to be able to kind of pull the strings a little bit. Well, from what I can see, that's what he's been described as. But from what I can see from, obviously, Dover fans are gutted to have lost him, but you've just been relegated, so, you know, what do you expect? Um, 
but it kind of the things that they were saying and the things that they're saying about him reminded me of how we were feeling when we got relegated to National League South and we were going to lose Luke Young. It's a very, very similar thing. You know, we had this captain who was by far our best player. We were thinking, oh, wouldn't it be great if he stuck around? But of course he didn't. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you said what you said about the highlights. Rears. I think that he's he's very highly rated. He was a, the captain of a, a very poor side, but he is, what, 21? So plenty, plenty of time and there's no better place for him to develop. So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a cracking signing on paper, without a doubt. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on the potential shape of central midfield in it once we've gone through a few more of the signings i think it seems like there's going to be some some proper competition in there in the in the same way we haven't maybe got for every position uh, on the pitch uh so uh i'll just move us on to the the next signing as they announced it which was dylan crow uh who has come through ipswich's ranks as a right back i'm led to believe and is 21 years old um Joe, I think I'm going to have to pass to you on this one in the what what do you know about dylan crow through your kind of work with off the line blog well, I haven't really had much exposure to him on my blog, but from what I read, um, if he certainly lives up to, you know, the hype that we've, well, certainly that I've read um, and seen about him, then he has the makings of a very, very good player. Um, again, it's another very, very good academy at Ipswich. Um, and obviously he was very highly rated to get an England uh, cap. Um, he's an attacking right back. Um, I think he'll provide better quality going forward than Ben Winter did, as much as we were all a huge fan of Ben Winter. Um, I think he will be much better going forward, perhaps not as good defensively. Um, but, you know, when you've got teams like Huddersfield, Arsenal, Man U all in for him, um, and Huddersfield, I think, put in a £300,000 fee for him, which was rejected, the fact that we've got him on a, a free transfer um, seems like a fantastic bit of business. The only question I would have is for someone with so much, you know, talent supposedly on paper, and the fact that Huddersfield were happy to to pay three hundred thousand for him, why he's suddenly been a let go by Ipswich, and then b dropped out of the football league altogether. Um, but certainly on paper, he looks, you know, a good signing, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. When was that, Joe? When? Uh... Huddersfield and a few clubs. It was a couple of years ago. Um, obviously, he was much, uh, much uh, closer to the start of his sort of development at Ipswich. He was sort of breaking through then. Um, I think it was sort of 2019 uh, when they put in a bid for him. Um, and, you know, the fact that he's not really kicked on since then, I mean, partly it will have something to do with the fact that Ipswich have got a very, very good right wing back anyway in Burns. And he's probably thought, well, if I'm going to go out and get any football, it's not going to be with Ipswich. Um, but, you know, certainly from what I've seen, I mean, England, England Youth International, good on the ball. Um, you know, I think last year we didn't really have a natural right wing back because I don't see Ben Winter as a, well, I certainly didn't see Winter as a right wing back. Um, he was a better sort of right-sided centre-half of a three. So it will, it will give us more going forward. And I think that's why, actually, going back to the point on the format of the midfield, I think that's why he's actually brought in the midfield as he has. Because we've got Tom Lapsley, Asa Hall and uh, Ryan Hansen, all of which are defensive midfielders. And although I don't think Hall will play that much this year, um, the fact he's got three holding midfielders, I think we may see a 3-5-2 and him actually go for two holding midfielders in there to allow the fullbacks to get really high up the pitch um, to give us more attacking-wise. Yeah, it's an interesting shout. Uh, I, I don't know what you know, Marcus, on on um, on him as a player, because obviously I think as, as Torquay fans, we all, we all had a soft spot in our hearts for, for Ben Winter. Um, but I, do you think this is the type of signing, I suppose, Marcus, as a 21-year-old kid, let's just play devil's advocate a little bit, uh, is it the type of signing you can fill Ben Winter's boots in the side, who was almost an ever-present in the team? Well, I think it, it wasn't until Joe started talking about him that I realised how little I knew. I mean, the, the comprehensive knowledge there is very impressive, and I can't really beat it. But, um, yeah, I, I suppose you can't... You have to take a punt, don't you? You're not going to get an experienced right wing back at, at our budget and at this level. Um, and I think as far as punts go, it, it seems a pretty safe one, um, barring... Uh, a lack of experience. Um, it's a punt for both sides, isn't it? Because like you said, I mean, the, the potential that you had and the, 
the sort of money that he was, you know, that wasn't offered him at one point was, you know, frighteningly good. But he's decided to take a punt on us. We're taking a punt on him. Um, in terms of Ben Winter, though, just as a quick sidetrack, Barnett's a surprising one, isn't it? Yeah, I thought he'd definitely go Football League. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I suppose, I mean, obviously he wanted to stay closer to home. And I think when I look, looking at the sort of teams in and around that area, um, you know, you've got the likes of Barnet and Bromley in our league. You know, is he better than Wealdstone? Probably. Um, you know, we've seen that he's a top end of National League, so he's better than Wealdstone. But, you know, Bromley play a 3-5-2 as well, and they've got four or five centre-halves, so he probably wouldn't have got into their system. So, And obviously, I think Barnet do, you know, that they do have a good budget. Um, so location wise, it makes you know logical sense for him to go there. Um, yeah, yeah good I, I can't say that I might know. I, I, as far as I'm aware, they're having quite a good summer in terms of recruitment. Barnet and their fans are feeling rather more optimistic than they have been feeling over the past couple of years. Um, I just say that the rumours over the summer. I mean, obviously, rumours are rumours, but Dagenham was being kicked about, and I thought that that might have made a bit of sense. Um, but Leighton Orient was one as well, and I thought, yeah, okay, that would be. You know, that would be cracking if that ticks all the boxes. But, you know, whether that was just a room, whether that would, you know, whatever. But, I mean, it, it, it can be good for him. It can be really good. I think course, Dagenham you know, would have been a good fit. Um, yeah. I think, because obviously they lost Will Wright um, in the summer and he sort of played on the right of a, no pun intended, sort of <laughs> on the right of the back three. Um, and I think that's where Winter's best. Um, but, you know, good luck to him. I mean, he's... Although he stayed in our division, like we've seen some of our former players do, I think that's one that we can actually begrudge him. The fact he has actually gone home to, you know, closer to his family. So I think, as we've said before, there's a way to leave the club if you're going to do it. Um, and I think Ben goes with everyone's best intentions. I, I think just touching back on um, on Crow, I think the, the question mark for me is whether he's going to be another a Ben Winter or, or, a, or a Kyle Cameron in that they kind of come as their almost dropping down a little bit um, and hoping to kind of cement a place and, and, and have Gary Johnson help develop them into uh, more, of a, more of a young, proper pro, or, or whether uh, there's a sniff of a kind of Tom Cruise about it, where, where it's someone who has great pedigree, suddenly turns up in Plainmore and goes, oh, this is a bit different uh, than, than the cushy academy life I'd had before. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing that we've... One thing that is very, very different is obviously he's been playing in youth football. I mean, we have seen a couple of players come, you know, youth loans that have been very, very good. You know, we have one last year in Armstrong. But equally, we have seen, you know, other players, you know, just for example, Rob Street. He came on loan. He was supposedly a really fantastic, you know, target man. Well, he wasn't up to National League football. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be interesting. I think the, the most interesting thing, actually, is the fact that although he's sort of 21, we will get another right wing back in, I would assume. Um, so it's very, very interesting to see what Johnson will go for now, because if he goes for a younger option, we then got two young ones. And if he wants to bring in an experienced right wing back, then that experience option will be expecting to start when actually I think Crow will be our starting right wing back. So it's yeah, interesting I, there. I agree. I think it, it, a lot will be told in the transfer activity in terms of how Johnson sees it going. Because uh, I also think that, that there's probably a parallel that can be drawn and, and Johnson maybe doing it himself in in the how Dan Martin started a little bit um, with us. It, it's, Maybe not not struggled, but may, maybe was um, not quite up to it at first. But quickly became a quite an important player um, and quite a consistent player as well. I, I wonder if Gary Johnson might. I wonder he might be going for a more experienced head and then and then kind of bleed him in a little bit. But um, that's the terrible phrase. Let's not do that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I wonder whether Gary Johnson might um, want to kind of bed him in a little bit with a, with another. With another more experienced head. Um, okay, fine. So I think uh, Joe has already massively uh, outscored Marcus and I, knowing who these people are. So uh, the next name on the list, as the uh, as the Talk United website did, it was uh, Kieran Evans, who's joined on loan from Cardiff City. Uh, they've listed him down as an attacking midfielder, 
Uh, he's made a handful of appearances for, for City's first team, as, as well as uh, a little time out on loan at Linfield last season. Um, what do we... Uh, did you have a look at his highlights real, Marcus? What do you think? Um, well, no, to be honest with you, I didn't. But he, he's, he's the only one, isn't he, that we had any kind of idea of before, you know, because the other four names, you know, nothing, nothing at all, which is, is credit to the club. Um, I mean... Joe's shaking his head. There might have been something somewhere that I might have missed. I apologise. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew three of those were signing. So, Right, well, that's my main point out the window then. Cheers, Joe. Um, I would say... <laughs> we need to get Joe on the pod more. <laughs> I, know. I know. He's really showing us up. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's incredibly highly rated. Um, by, by all accounts, if he hadn't had some form of injury, he may have been knocking the door of the first team at Cardiff. Um, he's only 20. And we've got them on a season-long loan. It's it's a perfect scenario for both clubs. So, yeah, very, very excited to see what you can do. Go on then, Joe, score us with some facts. Well, yeah, I mean, I think you rounded that out quite nicely. I think it's surprise. I think it's a bit of a surprise he's not gone somewhere in the league. Um, I think I would have probably put my money on him going to Newport. Um, obviously, geographically, but he played under Robry at Cardiff. Um the, the former youth coach. So I'm a little bit surprised he didn't go there, especially bearing in mind they need an attacking midfielder. Uh, I think it's an excellent sign. I mean, we, we lost one Evans and we've replaced him with another Evans. So uh, if he can be as good as the one we had, then uh, I think it'd be a great signing. Um, obviously, they rate him highly. To get games in the championship at his age, you know, I think speaks volumes of him, um, despite obviously a... A, a loan spell which wasn't all that great um, in Ireland but uh, yeah I'm pleased I, with that one I suppose and I am speaking with a, an absolute lack of knowledge what what, uh, what my worry is is that if he's if he's brought in as that kind of attacking creative creative force um, is that he's he's not going to be an Armani little straight away as a, as a fan again I just you know Armani obviously came in with a lot of goals last season um, and, and pulled the strings when he was when he was on song. My my worry is if if Johnson's brought him in as as a direct replacement. I mean, I, as far as I can see, he, he hasn't scored a career goal in in men's football as yet. Um, but whether Johnson sees him in that central role or whether it will be more of a kind of um, development process, almost in the way Buckle did with O'Kane, where it kind of starts him out wide and then drifts him in and lets him lets him dictate games after then. I I don't know. I don't know. If you know Joe, whether he's kind of more of a central, is he a ball carrier? Is it is it central? What's the well? I I would expect, like I said earlier, with the two holding midfielders, I would expect him to be sort of the more attacking one of the three. If we do go for three-five-two, and I expect we'll have two strikers and him playing sort of behind in sort of a floating role. Um, I mean, I would. Just to add on your point, I think I would take it slightly with a, a pinch of salt that he obviously hasn't got the the stats behind him so far because, you know, the minutes he has been getting is A, at championship level, which is well above his level. And they're also sort of five, ten minutes from the bench and in what has been the last few scenes a very poor Cardiff side. But I think he will be in that sort of that attacker role, like we saw... Lemony Evans do last season, you know, sort of behind that striker, sort of floating, you know, in and around the the, the, the front men. Um, yeah, that, that's where I would sit. But um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I wouldn't be at all surprised if in in some games we do go to a four, um, you know, four two three one, and he plays sort of behind the striker um, in there. But time will tell. Um... Just to just to round off, I suppose the the midfield discussion a little bit. I'll I'll just move us on to Brett McGavin, uh, who uh, the website described as a cultured midfielder, uh, twenty two years of age. Again, came came through at Ipswich, um, uh, but spent last season on loan at Kings Lynn. Uh, Torquay fans may remember him though, Marcus. I don't suppose you uh, want to talk through uh, his performance against Torquay. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I do. Joe, do you want to? <laughs> no, I don't think I do either, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think um, I'm just hoping, um, obviously I think he's a good, I think he's a good signing, I must, I must add that, but I'm just hoping he's not another Gabby Rogers. 
in that we sign him just on the back of the fact that he scored an absolute worldie against us. Um, but yeah, I, th I think it's a good signing. I think if you another one that although Kingsling got relegated, if you ask their fans, they just say, "Oh well, he will stay at the level and perhaps you know get a deal higher." Um, another one sort of come through with Crow um, at Ipswich. Um, I know Ipswich rated him highly, but again, you know, in League One, Benamon, they're looking to get out of League One into the Championship. He's never going to play at that level, but I think at this level, he's a very, very good option um, for us. So, interestingly, yeah, go on, Marcus. As, as part of my very limited research I've done for this, I've gone back to um, when Ipswich first announced that they were releasing these eight young players uh, back in May, and McGavin was the one most complained about by Ipswich fans, which is always a good sign. Um, it was it was mainly him or one other chap. Correa wasn't mentioned, but yeah, they, they were sad to see McGavin go, which is good. Yeah, so I, I suppose that, that kind of uh, rounds up the central midfielders we've got. I know we've got another striker to touch on, but as as Joe said, it, it, it even it's hard to tell. Obviously, we haven't seen any of, of Torquay in action at the moment, but it, it feels like um, it, it, Gary Johnson may be angling for that that three five two kind of kind of thing again, or 5-3-2, however you want to angle it. Um, of those midfielders then, so just to, just to round that up, so it, we, we've got on the books at the moment, uh, Hanson, uh, Evans, McGavin joined, and then we've got Hall and Lapsley. Um, so it's, it's an area of the pitch that talking, you've got some like real competition, in, in, as I said, in, in a way that not many other positions have at this early stage of pre-season. Is it job done in terms of central midfield, Marcus, at the moment, do you think? Um, well, it very much depends, doesn't it? I think, like, like Joe said, we're not expecting Hall to be a 40-game season kind of guy. I mean, I think we'll be lucky if we get 15, 20 out of him, uh, absolute max. But um, on paper, it's probably the, the position that we need to strengthen the least right now. Um, however, as we know, Johnson likes to play with a very midfield heavy squad. Um, I mean, we played some games last season without a recognised striker on the pitch for 90 minutes. You know, we just had six midfielders, essentially. Um, so I think we probably will see some strengthening. But at the moment, I think central midfield is, is fairly covered for now. Yeah, I think um, I think I would add to that list Moyes um, as well. I know he won't get any game time. Um, that was that's one of the, I say, disappointing things. I know it's easy to just put, you know, youngsters into the first team, but I'm, certainly from when I saw him last preseason, um, I was impressed by him. And obviously he's gone away and done well. The fact we've got sort of three holding midfielders means he will go out on loan. I expect he'll probably go somewhere like a Tiverton. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised. Funny enough, the, the first thing I, you know, that came to my mind when we signed Hanson was that whether or not, Johnson will be looking to use Hall as a centre-half this season. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he looks to use him as the central centre-half um, and have two. Because, you know, as we've seen with Moxie, does he have the pace to play in a, you know, on a wide position defensively in the National League? No. But when you move him inside and he's got that little bit more time, you know, he's intelligent, he's experienced, he mops up. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Hall uh, moves uh, sort of towards the, the back end um, of the team. The only thing is that from looking at the pre-season videos, um, I know it's only a couple of videos, he does look quite fit, look like quite lean, as if he's lost quite a few pounds during the summer haul. So we may have a, a very, very different haul in the That's summer. That's the thing. I, I know uh, you, you touched on it there, Marcus, where you said, you know, we might get 15, 20 games out of Paul. I think, I think despite his age, I imagine as a, player with his kind of mentality I don't think he he'd be looking at the season like that. I would I would, I would certainly imagine that he would be thinking whether whether or not he can he can do it and his body will keep up with him but I would imagine that he's looking at the season thinking yeah I, I can I can lead this team um some good young players around me I'll I'll be the voice um mm. and go from there and I, I think you're right Joe it'll be interesting to see whether Johnson sees him as that I think he he likes he likes a good battler in the middle, doesn't he? It's, it, it, I think much will depend how how Hanson and and others develop in there. Um, I think first, to be honest, I think first and foremost, what Johnson wants in the in the midfield in central midfield is someone who can win headers and 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 get the team going. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And and if Azor Hall makes that shift to centre back, 
whether it goes a bit better than when we tried it with Chris Hargreaves, um, we'll, we'll see. Because uh, being quite good at heading doesn't doesn't make you a centre half. It helps, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't see you over the line um, completely. Um, what I uh, so one more uh, senior signing to just talk about, and so we've got uh, Aaron Jarvis in, who's a striker, 24 years old, who's joined from uh, Scunthorpe, uh, six foot two, big lad. Um, and uh, the thing that uh, I enjoyed most as a, as a fan of a good target man, and I don't mind a bit of punting the ball long when we have to, is that uh, Aaron Jarvis said this on the website. He said, I really enjoyed listening to what the gaffer had to say, uh, the type of players he's bringing in and the type of football he wants to play. Hopefully it can really suit me. And I think as a six foot two striker, he's maybe hoping for a few balls uh, launched in at him. Uh, Joe, what, um, what what was your take on that kind of signing? Is, is, do you think you'll, Johnson will be looking to him as the main man? It's a tough one um, because he's not really showed it since his spell. Um, I think it was with Hitchin. Um, that may be wrong. I think, um, it was in, ba- I think it was Basingstoke he came through. Basingstoke, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. in non-league. Um, he's not really showed it since then. Um I think he probably will be. Um, there is another striker um, who I believe we're talking to, so I'm not sure um, how who will be the... I expect that he will probably be the more senior of the two. Um, but, I mean, it's, very, it's always a difficult... It's always been a difficult challenge. Obviously, we had Danny Wright. Danny Wright was so good. Last summer, we tried to bring in Josh Umeira. You know, he, he bought Josh Umeira um, the summer before last to replace him. And that just showed how difficult it was to actually replace Josh, um, to replace Danny Wright. Um, obviously, you look at his record and where he's been in his career, you wouldn't say on paper um, he's the ideal replacement, but I think he he could be. Um, I know I've spoken to a couple of Scumfort fans. Um, they said that, you know, he, he's not going to be your goal scorer, um, but he is very, very good at, holding the ball up, winning headers, you know, running the channels that is going to give us that platform. And I think if you want to get promoted from the National League, I think you have to sacrifice a goal output from one of your players up front in order to to go up. I think, you know, the last season, for example, Stockport, they had Scott Quigley up front, you know, six, I think it was six goals. Well, Danny Wright only just got less than that. And he was supposedly having a dreadful season. Um, and you look what a season you know, quickly had with Stockport. Um, you know, you go back through all the seasons. You had, you know, Omar Bagheel at Sutton. You had Michael Gash at Barnet. You know, all these players that they don't score many, but what they actually contribute to the team is so important. So I think it could be. And the one thing it did look like is it did look like he had quite a bit of pace about him. Um, so if he is going to be that target man, the fact he's actually mobile as well um, is good. And I, I think he could be a, yeah, I think it could be a good signing. Uh, Johnson likes to, you know, we've seen with the signings of like Crow, for example, he wants players that he thinks, well, they have potential and I'll be the one to get out of them. The fact Luton paid a fee for him kind of suggests there is a good player there. Um, and I think, I think he's a good signing. So just, just for anyone listening on that who maybe uh, doesn't know as much about where he came through, so uh, and do correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, but Jarvis came through at Basingstoke and, and scored um, kind of uh, a few goals there and then earned a move to uh, Luton Town, who at the time were in League Two, I think. Uh, yeah, might have been League One. Um, uh, but since then, it, it hasn't particularly worked out. He's had loan spells at Boreham Wood, uh, Falkirk. Um, he's had a season with Sutton. Uh, and then uh, a couple of goals with Scunthorpe as well. Um, so it, he, he made that leap up and is, is not tumbling down, but is, is moving down again uh, just to try and find his level and see, um, see how he can do. Marcus, what was your take on this one? Um, well, of, of course, Joe has, has covered everything and more, but I think in, in terms of what you were saying there, he is at a bit of a crossroads. You know, 24 um, has been on a downward trajectory since leaving Luton. Um, so, but if, if, if anyone's going to give him a chance and if any club and system is going to give him a chance to get some goals and to boost his stats up again and to revive his career somewhat and make, make the most out of his potential, then it's going to be this one and it's going to be Gary Johnson. So 
I think it's a fantastic move for him, first of all. Um, whether it's a good move for us, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll soon find out. But I think on paper, a 24-year-old, six-foot-two striker, I mean, fantastic. Lovely. All day long. I do think Gary, I do think Gary Johnson is the type of manager who does he, he backs himself to to get the best out yeah. of these people, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's, you look at his record. You know, he's done it before, so you know you what. That's exactly why he would have the confidence that he can do it. The one thing I would add is if I think if we are to see the best of Jarvis, I think Johnson needs to say to him and follow through with it that he will be the main man up front. Because, you know, you see what Omera's done at Wealdstone. You know, he had his criticisms at Torquay. Um, but when he played at Torquay, he came on the bench five, ten minutes here and there. You know, he did start a couple of games. But when you're in and out of the team like that, you can't build momentum. You, but he's gone to Wealdstone. He's been the main man every week. And he's got a good goal return. And the same way that when Danny Wright was here, you know, in the first season, it was a case of, you know, if he can walk, he'll play. I think give him the the main man up front. I, I think he can can be good. And to be honest, we did the same with Billy Waters as well. I, I know he did have spells in the team, but uh, I think as soon as he joined at Halifax and they kind of went, well, we're paying you to be our lead striker, so be our lead striker. <laughs> um, yeah. it, it kind of worked out for him. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Johnson plays. I think... Uh, from my perspective, obviously reinforcements needed there, but we'll, we'll touch on that in, in just a sec. Um, so also just to touch on, I, I'm afraid, I think I think amongst us, we, we don't have a huge amount of knowledge on the first year pros that have signed on the dotted line, but we, um, Jack Windsor, uh, who is a midfielder, and Lewis Brooks, uh, who the website says has an eye for goal, so I would, uh, I would assume he's a striker, um, have also signed first year pro deals. So obviously um, wish them the best of luck and hopefully um, hopefully they can make the most of it as well. Um, so, yeah, some players on the dotted line. Uh, I think more business to be done, but where do we think the gaps still are, um, Marcus? What what kind of things do you think Johnson will still be on the on the lookout for? What's our lineup at the moment? What what's our what's our squad, Joe? Well, I would be inclined to say three five two. The wing backs are sorted. I think with Martin and Crow, um, I would say that. On paper, we'll probably have Moxie as the left-sided centre-half and we'd we'd still need two more centre-halves to start. Although I think Asa Hall will play as a centre-back this year, we need two there. Midfield, I actually think we're sorted. Um, if he's going to play 3-5-2, we've got, I think it'll be Hanson and Lapsley together and then it'll be one of McGavin and Evans ahead of him and then it'll be Jarvis with someone. So on paper, we need two centre-halves to start a goalkeeper, possibly to start. I know people don't like Housestead, do like Housestead. That's a we can have a whole hour on that debate. Um, and another another striker to start. Um, I think. I, I I think we. Um, I mean, yeah. To be fair, last few games of the season, Housestead picked it up. But I mean, the, the the start of the season. If if McDonald didn't come back, if we didn't get another keeper, I mean, we would have been several positions below where we finished if we had continued with Housestead on on his form at the start of the season. Um, it's it's a shame, you know, the, the the way that it worked out. And hopefully, you know, if Johnson gives him a chance and he can have his revival in the second season, then fantastic. So we're going to be looking for at least a second keeper, possibly a number one. Um, Ali Omar is a similar thing because, you know, whilst he can do the job, I think that he's um, doesn't doesn't garner the full confidence of fans and management. I think he's probably a bit of a tactician's nightmare because he's never where you want him to be. Um, however, if if a player's around that and with the ball, then he'll stick both legs in and and you know you you know that he's committed and passionate. But you know he's he's uh, limited. I wouldn't rule Omar out yet. I think there's I think there's something in there, and I think. Uh, Johnson's kept him hanging around for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if he started the first game. Uh, on Halstead, however, um, I have a feeling that this is going to sound very contradictory given what I just said about Omar and that I think he's kept him around for a reason. I think on Halstead, uh, Johnson won't make the same mistake twice. I, I have a feeling. Um, whether, that, um, whether that's just someone who can at least challenge him I wouldn't be surprised if he if he found some 22-year-old goalkeeper in the Football League that, that wants some minutes um, on loan. 
Um, I, I think it may not be a permanent thing, but it, it might just be something that just at least keeps Halstead on his toes, if nothing else, um, if if not being the number one and just having Halstead behind him. I'd, I'd be surprised if Johnson didn't, uh, didn't look for someone who would at least challenge for that first team spot. Um, but yeah, an interesting one on, on Omar as well. Yeah, yeah like I, think I, say, I, I, I agree with you. I think he's, I, I fully expect him to start. I think Johnson's got some confidence in him. And yeah, he is only young. You know, he's 22, 23. I mean, not writing him off at all. But, you know, I think he, we will need to see some improvement on last season if he's going to be a first teamer. Yeah, I mean, the couple of points I would add is I think there's a couple of players at the start of the season. You know, I'm not saying Houses should start. I'm firmly in Housestead as number two camp. But I think there were a couple of players in the team which fell foul of the system because we were so good the season before playing sort of a four with Sharing and Lewis, etc. I think he tried to go with that again, but just fitted personnel in. Whereas Martin, I don't think personally, I don't think Martin's good enough to play as a left back in a four because I don't think he's good enough defensively. I don't, I don't think Omar is good enough yet to play as one of a two. And I think we saw that at the start of the season because when he goes on these runs up the pitch and has these silly moments, it was invariably left on Lewis to get him out of the cack every time. Hence why at the start of the season, everyone thought, well, Lewis is having a nightmare. Well, it's because of the person next to him. Whereas in a three, he's got that confidence that, or he's got that sort of insurance that people can mop up um, as Moxie. The thing I would say was that I, I find it very difficult to see Omar starting only because if we do play a 3-5-2, he's not going to get ahead of Moxie as the left-sided centre-half. And he's for your central centre-half in the 3-5-2, you need them to be sort of a brick wall. And I don't see him having the discipline to sit and basically stop everything coming. Um, you know, you look at um, Wrexham, when they had Hayden and, you know, in the middle, they were virtually unstoppable. He then got injured and they had sort of Tozer in there and who, like you know, liked to go into runs into midfield and you had players like French in there that came in and it was just a mismatch. So I think Omar will still be the understudy on the left and I would, I think that with the, the younger players he has signed, I think he will use some of the budget left to get an experienced central centre-back and then look for a loan for the right side. You're after a Guy Branston type figure, Joe. I am indeed, yes. A Guy Branston, you know, a guy, yeah, a Guy Branston, someone like that. Um, so in, t in terms of, the, the one thing I'm not sure, so obviously the team is still taking shape, I, I'm, I'm not line to that but I I know we're we're looking at the system may not be three five two but Johnson likes to have a couple of wingers about doesn't he just um even even last season when he signed Opie Edwards as a just to have one around I, I wonder whether he might be dipping his toe back into that just to have because there's 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 one kind of great leveler in the in the National League and it's just someone with pace even if even if um you can't kick the ball. <laughs> Some players with pace get quite far in the in the National League. I wonder whether he might just be dipping his toe in the market there. Yeah, I think I think we need pace. Um, and the, I think we need a good quick winger. Um, you know, although it was the league below, I think you saw the 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 impact that Edwards had in the National League South, where you know you're under the pressure and he can just accelerate away and get us 30 yards up the pitch. The problem we've got is, and I think what he's sort of fallen foul of himself is because he was so committed, I think, at the start of last season to wanting to play a four at the back, he then went out and signed wingers, um, O'Connell and Rogers, who are not good enough defensively to play in a wing-back system in the National League. You know, as wingers, I, you know, I, I'm, at, I'm good friends with Rogers because I went to school with him, but he's not... National League quality as a winger, um, in my opinion. O'Connell as a winger, specifically a winger, I think is, you know, there's potential there. But as a, a wing back, I don't think he's good enough defensively. And I think that's the problem he's got, that you have to have a squad that fits every, you know, fits all different systems so that you can change it up. But the problem you've got is if you sign a winger 
to give you the option to go, you know, to a 4-3-3 or what have you. You've then got to sign a winger that's actually good defensively. Um, that's why I think it's very, very difficult um, to get those wingers in. Marcus, any thoughts on that? No, I agree. <laughs> this is why he's good at podcasting. That's 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 good stuff. Um, my, I suppose my worry is in, in, in the system and the way we're talking, I know we've been very reliant on Danny Wright in the past. Um, my worry is that with... Um, with Aaron Jarvis, if we are going with him as the as the kind of main man and, and relying on him to hold the ball, is if we can get people around him quick enough. I think Connor Lemon Evans was obviously very good, just kind of uh, buzzing around a little bit. I, I, there's a lot of kind of pressure on whoever that advanced midfielder is, as well as the wing backs, to have the uh, I suppose the guts a little bit to to kind of bomb on when they can. Um, it, it's an interesting challenge, I think. Yeah, I, I agree there. Um, I think that's that, that's why I think he's gone with so many defensive midfielders. You know, you look on paper, you think, Christ, we've got four defensive midfielders. You know, it's Southgate's absolute dream. But I think that's why he's brought so many in, in that, you know, last year, you know, we had Martin, um, who didn't actually get as high up the pitch as an attacking fullback would. And Winter certainly didn't get as high as you would want from a wing-back. Whereas the fact we've signed those defensive midfielders, I think you will have your, you know, Crow and Martin this year virtually as wingers. And you will have whoever's playing in that, you know, all in the box. Um, because obviously we've seen that Martin certainly can get good delivery in. Crow obviously can as well. So I think... The, the fact that we've signed those midfielders will give us the option to be, you know, a little bit more gun ho because, you know, at times when we, you know, when we, in the season, we nearly got promoted. Um, we did, we were a bit gun ho at times, you know, there were times where we, we did ride our luck, but went for it. And that got us eventually a couple of, you know, th that's why we scored so many late goals. Whereas this year, last year, we didn't have as many, we still had some, but we didn't have as many because we weren't taking those risks high up the pitch, where I think we will this year. Um, just touching on the striker situation again, and this is, uh, people are probably fed up of hearing about him on the podcast, but Marcus, what kind of role do you see at the moment that Johnson might be looking at uh, Olaf Kazela for? I was just thinking that. I was thinking, now that we've got this, albeit mobile, target man, you know, what, what do we want? What do we want beside him? Do we want another one? Do we want a Sean Harrod? Do we want a, you know... Definitely a, not a Sean Harrod. Well, I'm, <laughs> what, I've been but agreeing no, with I, you so much so far. But I, no, get the I get the sentiment, yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, do you want someone that will wade through the mud and do the dirty work? Or do you want, you know, a, a pacey trickster? Um, Olaf kind of doesn't really fit into any of those categories at the moment. I think he's... I think he is... You know, physically able, strong enough. Um, things we say every single summer, don't we? I'd like to see Olaf give. You know, I'd like to see us give Olaf a go this season. Well, yeah, of course I would. But he, he must have signed him for a reason. He must have. He, he can't just sign him and stick him out to Tiverton for another six months. Well, so I, I think I, I've said this before. He's stuck in the yeoman zone, isn't he? And that he's quite cheap to keep on the books. He's quite a good finisher and. Uh, yeah. You know, feels like it feels like a bit of a no-brainer to keep him on if it's if it's a cheap deal, <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And if if that is the reason, that's not particularly fair on Olaf. But I mean, if if he gets some if he gets some minutes in, I mean, I would like to see him not go on loan immediately. Agreed. Let's put it like that. Agreed. I think I I, I it's tricky because in that system, he's never gonna he's never gonna start, and even if. Even if the main striker gets injured in that system, I you, you'd struggle to see Johnson saying, "Yeah, you go and hold the ball up for me." He's only ever going to play him in a two or a or a front three if he, you know, if he's going to go that way. Um, and it's, it's like you say, it's tricky because his strength is obviously kind of finishing, um, but it, it, does he have the pace to stretch teams? Not particularly. It, almost in a similar way to how uh, Lolos was last season, where he, he could clearly play. He, he had he, he was good with the ball at his feet, 
didn't have the pace to stretch teams, wasn't really strong enough to hold the ball up, didn't, uh, wasn't an annoying gnat in people's faces. It's a tricky one because, um, yeah, there's some ability there. Yeah, I think I think it's very very difficult uh, because he was so committed to saying, you know, when when I'm here, Casella will be here. Um, I think he is sort of resigned. Obviously, he's not resigned because he could get rid of him tomorrow if he wanted. But I think he is sort of resigned to having him as part of the squad. Um, I think he will go out on loan. Um, as much as he said himself that he wants to be a part of the first team. Um, you know, we've take, we're already taking enough risks with the players that we've signed. You know, do we want to take another risk? You know, at the, certainly at the top end of the pitch, you, you know, you, you look at some of the other teams having a Jarvis who we're already taking a huge risk on mm. because he's sort of on the downward spiral. You then put him with another striker who's yet to really find his feet at National League level. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because whenever he's come on, he's shown glimpses. Um, I'll use the word glimpses because I've not been wholly uh, convinced. But... Um, just, to, just to move us on slightly then. So, um, obviously, pre-season is, is rumbling around. Um, Buckland Athletic uh, up first. Um, I'm assuming we might see a bit of a, a, bit of a trialist FC, do you reckon, Marcus? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely will. Um, Buckland and Exmouth. I can't make Buckland annoying. If anyone can, please do go. It's a great ground. They've got a great bar. It's, it's a really, really nice setup for Buckland. And obviously, Dixon, with you being just five minutes over the road, I'm sure you'll be there, won't you, in your front uh, and centre? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Exmouth away will be will be nice and fun. You know, nice evening out. So I think, yeah, those two games we'll see. Try this, try this, try this, try this. But... You know, it, like Johnson said in his interview earlier this week, they've got four or five people with them at the moment um, and they're kind of taking a look at each other. So um, it will be a really interesting, interesting watch. And I, I, I doubt we'll see any signings confirmed before either one or both of those games. i tell you what I do back. Um, and it might be naive to say, but, um, what what... If uh, what I back is if if the money is on the table for a trialist who's with us from us and another club, and it's the same money, I back Johnson to be able to kind of sell the club and sell what he's doing, um, much more much more than I do a lot of a lot of other national league managers. The issue is is that um, is if clubs come in with more money that we can't com- can't compete with. But I think there there is something in our favour there in, in terms of how. Uh, Kind of Johnson is as a as a leader. I can see him being the type of type of type of person that that people go, hang on, yeah, he's he's a football league manager. And he knows how the game works. He's the he's the man. He's going to help me, even if it's just for a year. Um, I, I I back him as a as a manager to be able to kind of do that. Yeah, well, we, think, we've I always think... faced the two. Sorry, Joe. We've always faced the two main challenges when recruiting in that money. We've never been a particularly rich club, and we're miles away from anything. So it's, you know, ge- geographically and financially, we are challenged. However, for the first time in the last few seasons, we've had this properly strong manager that his, his reputation goes before him. I mean, I can't remember exactly which sign it was, but they said, my agent phoned me a few weeks ago and said, talk to you, Gary Johnson. He said, yeah, I'm there. I'm sold. So it is such an asset for us. Um, however, we are hampered. You know, we, we face different challenges to teams like Dagenham, Aldershot, Barnet, in that, you know, we're we're two hours away from anything. So it, it is a big risk for, for players to, especially the experienced ones, to uproot their families and to, to come down to South Devon to live for a, a nine-month contract. You know, it's 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 huge. I, I remember I remember Martin Gritton saying that when we when we had him on the podcast. He said he said that as a pro, when he was kind of coming back a little bit to, to us, he said that it, as as a pro you drop off quite quickly in the southwest in terms of where you can play. He said, if you if you if you base yourself somewhere, you know, more London area, more Manchester area, there's just more clubs that you can kind of bounce to if if you are kind of tumbling down. Um, I, I, I thought that was an interesting point because that that does hamper that experience, but a little bit. Um, that being said, you can also sell a little bit, you know, have a couple of couple couple of years in the English Riviera. Um, but it's not a retirement home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing I would add on that is 
you know, it's, I think it's a point I made right at the start of the, well, sort of the end of the season when we started talking about, you know, what our players going to leave, who we're going to sign. At the end of the day, if you've got two players, uh, you know, if you've got, you know, if you've got a player that's got two deals and the sole reason he's going somewhere is for the money, then I don't want them. Frankly, I mean, I want players that are, you know, commit. Obviously, I know it's a, a business and it's a job in the same way that anybody else works. But, you know, that's why I think he has got success in the past, Johnson, and will do again, is that he signs people that are they want to, you know, they want to play for him. Um, they're young, they're hungry, they want to play for him. And, you know, at the end of the day, I want people that are committed. Um, I don't want people, you know, signing for us solely because they, they may get, uh, you know, a little bit more money like... Uh, our friends across the Welsh border. Um, do you think Do you think Johnson will kind of shuffle the pack and shuffle the system a little bit in pre-season or do you think he'll kind of lock into what he wants to do and says, right, this is the way we're playing, off we go? I think early we'll see a couple of um, changes, you know, to system. I think by the time we're playing the likes of Exeter, Plymouth, I, we, I think he will look to get that system sorted, um, certainly with the personnel. Um, and obviously he will try a couple of things. Um, but again, it depends on which players he signs. You know, we've talked about, does he go and get wingers? And, you know, does he, how many strikers does he get? It all depends on who he then goes, goes and get in the window as to what system he uses. So, Marcus, has Joe said everything you were going to say? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, uh, barring any other thoughts from you two, um, then I, I think I'm, I'm happy to kind of uh, round it up, Marcus, unless you have any, uh, you know, there's a quizzical look on your face, which podcasters can't see. You've got anything lingering, Marcus? No, I think it's, like, like I say, I, I, I don't struggle to detach in the summer. So I'm only just kind of getting into it. Now suddenly I'm thinking, you know, again, I can't make this quite but Exmouth in the sun on a Tuesday evening. I'm looking forward to that. And then suddenly play more extra, and then, and then we're off. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited now. Getting excited. I'll tell you what, what I will do is, is put you both on the spot. So those first five signings, uh, if you could just give those a school grade uh, as to how Johnson started his, his summer transfer business. I'll start with you, Marcus. B plus. B plus, and Joe. Yeah, I think I would. I was going to go for a B plus. I think there's they're good. They've got potential, but. We need to actually see them play first in our system to get an A+. Plus. And uh, if we smash Buckland, then it's HMS Pistol League. Off we go. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening to Talking Talkie this week. Uh, thank you to Marcus for joining us with his sage advice and, and thoughts and opinions. Thank you. And thank you to Joe for being the one who knew about every player we were talking about. And even if he didn't, uh, we weren't able to call him out on it. So thanks for coming along, Joe. Thanks for having me on again. And thanks for listening to Talking Talkie.